not be your memory. Lost your sense of fear, feelings insincere. Cannot be your memory. So get back, back, back to where we lasted, just like I imagined. I could never feel this way. on Open Lines Radio. Follow Angie on Instagram at FirekeeperFay. Follow Open Lines Radio on Instagram at Open Lines Radio. And be sure to check out Open Lines Radio online at www.openlinesradio.com. Now stay tuned for Between Blue Worlds. Enjoy! Enjoy! 
right. Hello, party people. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Angie. This is Between Blue Worlds on Open Lines Radio. Oh, 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 oh. My kids, my dogs, my home, my life. They exist alongside in whatever I'm doing. We're just all in this together, aren't we? We don't know what we're doing. We don't have an end game. Don't know where this podcast is going. Should it go anywhere at all? I've done more than 60 of these, which is a little mind-blowing. What's up? Knock it over and you'll feel better. Sometimes it just feels better after you knock something over. I don't know. Toddlers can't always tell you what's wrong, but you can tell it feels better after they knock something over. My uh, current toddler, the child I have going through this phase, uh, is a thrower. He feels better once he throws something. If If he can launch something through the air, see his own power that way. What do you need, Jelly Bean? He's got a huge smile on his face. Crack! Crack! We don't know where or how, but he started calling all cookies and all candy crack. And I can't say we've discouraged it, because it's hilarious. Huh. Would you like some crack? It's not funny, maybe, to people that have experienced true crack addiction. But we're fortunate enough in this house that it's remained funny. It's not serious yet. There's things we joke around with certain friends, and then somebody new comes into the group, and we make the same joke, and they go, that's not funny. My cousin had that, did that, was that. There's a very old joke. I don't know how to tell this over, over a radio show. I do not recognize this pin that's on the ground. Is this one of ours? Interesting. Must have come from my husband's work. But there's this old joke, and it says, uh, how does every... I know we're not talking about racist jokes here, but, you know, this goes for anything. How does every racist joke start? And then what you do is, when they say how, you just start looking over both your shoulders. That can be true for any ism. Any joke that hinges on something quite serious being portrayed as funny. (laughs) What now? And we don't know why he started calling them crack. We certainly never did. It seems to apply to all candy and all cookies. He's currently stomping around the room, making big impacts. He's two and a half. His impact is becoming, he's becoming aware of how impactful he can be. He can make people happy, he can make them laugh, he can make them sad, he can make them mad, he can hurt them. And finding how we will point our power. You want to watch something? I let him use an iPad. I have mixed feelings about it myself. You may be gasping if you're one of the no media families. Or you may be shrugging going, yeah, well, doesn't everybody? And that's the thing with a even moderately wide audience is that you'll run into 
people on all wavelengths of all things. I know I like to call myself an OG tarot reader on Instagram. Am I the oldest? No. But on Instagram, back when it began, it seemed like it was a very small community of tarot readers. You eventually ran into all the other tarot readers on there. And now it's expanded. First, Instagram went worldwide, which expanded it. And then, you know, as the internet expands and people start realizing that you could make a decent, not decent money, I guess you could. Some of it, you know, we went off and on. I would make a few hundred dollars a week um, if I was really trying to sell readings. I did most of my readings for free, especially in the beginning, um, because I wasn't a thousand percent that it was real and accurate. And it felt weird to be charging just in case this was pure happenstance and luck. My husband laughs at this because um, I, I've done readings where it's just you couldn't have. And if you've ever read tarot or done any sort of psychic readings, um, anything, I mean, from any sort of divination, reading palms, anything like that, um, the reality is you just can't make this shit up. Um, I had a client that I said he'll be there in a green sweater. And she texted me, you know, when she was supposed to meet with the person and said, holy shit, he's here. He's in a green sweater. I can't believe it. And I said, holy shit, neither can I. I've kind of always been in this state of disbelief around the things. I don't know if it's just my protection for myself so that I don't, in case, should I fall, should it be wrong, should it all come crumbling in my face, I can say either way, well, I always kind of knew it would be that way. Have you seen the movie Rules of Attraction? One of the lines that really stuck with me is, uh, she says, Shannon Sossaman's character says, I always knew it would end this way. I think she it's, she says it twice. She says it in the beginning as a foreshadowing, and then it comes up on the event, and she says it again. And it's poignant. It sticks in your teeth a little bit. There's lots of lines in that movie that way. It's very well written. The book is astronomically beyond amazing. Um, I just forgot the author's name. He also... Now, book people, don't shoot me, but isn't it... Is it Easton Ellis, Brad Easton Ellis, who wrote Rules of Attraction? I have it around here somewhere. And if I'm not mistaken, he also wrote American Psycho. Yes, he did. Um, Because the same character, his little brother, goes through to Rules of Attraction. He wrote American Psycho in less than zero. Is the other one. And all three books are fucking amazing. Um... When I first, so tarot brought, uh, tarot brought Reiki into my life. Reiki is a Japanese word that when broken down means light energy or love energy. The word light and love when you get into esoterics and energetics tend to mean the same thing. And that's interesting because too much light will kill you. It's quite painful. And if I think about too much love... At least when we're earthly, 
suffocating. Get away from me. I recently had a guy friend post on uh, Facebook about how come women say they like romance, but then they call it creepy. The same actions. And I thought of an old, old friend of mine that said, you know, the same thing. Two guys can do the same thing. The difference is whether she likes you or not. You know, what your connection is. There's the John Cusack scene where he holds the boombox over his head and at the NSA, anything, or in the middle, I don't, I don't remember, I'm not that familiar with that movie, but that scene's so iconic, he's standing out front of the boombox. And if that girl hadn't liked him back, she would have called the police, told all her friends, and mocked the shit out of him, wouldn't she? I'm still looking for the Rules of Attraction book. It's a fantastic book. I, I start bringing up this path because what I did is so I got, I was doing tarot and uh, I'd done tarot with my mom starting when I was, I mean, I remember the cards as one of my first memories and she only ever did them for herself, never uh, commercially, you know, maybe sometimes for friends, I don't know. But I loved the art and I knew it was a story and I loved them. Um, and then I got my Reiki certification from the wonderful Laura Furbush, who was local. I went to her house and sat in her yard, and we talked a little bit, but when I hear what other people have to go through for their certifications, I'm like, Jesus Christ, it just feels like the person's ego just needs to be poured into somebody, like they're validating that they can teach it. But she had warned me about the healing crisis. And I went through a phase until fairly recently when I went, you know, if I don't talk about the healing crisis, if I don't talk about that, people can avoid it. And then today I was listening to um, her Instagram name. Her Instagram account is closed right now, but her Instagram name is Piney Priestess. Her, uh, Her given name is Sarah. She just did Hobo Safe Camp, which is another show here on Open Lines Radio where Mark talks to people. I, I've been on it a couple times. I need to do it again. Um, every time we kind of, we both want to do it, and then, you know, life grabs you by the balls and whatnot. I went ahead and got pregnant, and it, I get so sick the first, at least the first few months, if not the entire pregnancy. This time it went away. Last time it was the entire freaking thing. Um, but she was talking about kind of her, her crumble life, <laughs> How she thought she she had just gone through the deep dark tea time of her soul, and then there she was again doing it over again. And uh, Mark called it the most hobo story that's been on Hobo Safe Camp, and I think that's accurate. She talks about living in her car, and you know all this happenstance of people coming up and really asking for things. And I truly believe, ask and you shall receive. Sometimes the universe can kind of feel like an evil genie because what gets delivered not quite what you were looking for. You really thought that that Messiah would show up glittering and apologetic and ready to hold you and really guide you in a very positive way through everything. And instead you get John the Baptist, you locusts in the desert and yelling about politics. That's what John the Baptist did if you read his story. I... I I call Donald Trump Don the Baptist because he's doing all these amazing things. We have our medical freedom back. 
and all this. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And here's these primarily women screaming, chop off his head. And John the Baptist, of course, was screaming about politics. And it was a woman and her daughter who got his head cut off. And I find that interesting. I hope they don't chop off his head. I hope we don't follow the analogy that far. I sure like not having uh, pedophiles in power, and at least if they don't hang themselves, uh, that someone's doing it. <laughs> I would have liked to see him testify, but I think we all knew deep down nobody and that he was going to be forced to reveal was going to let that happen. I think that it was fairly obvious to everyone that we were never going to get a televised version of that, were we? We were going to always be wondering. And now we have Prince Andrew putting his head in the noose and he doesn't even know he's doing it. He thinks he's clearing himself up, but he's so stupid. Lack of a better word. If you didn't watch his interview regarding Epstein... I personally read the transcript. I don't like hearing his voice. Voices carry a vibration, and I don't always like everyone's voice to carry their vibration into my life. So sometimes I opt for a transcript. And here we had Epstein, who was caught, went to trial a bunch of times, went to jail for a little while, always got plea deals, never lost his shit. He uh, didn't get arrested publicly. We got no videos of him being hauled in, despite the thousands of women who were kidnapped. And I want to make space for the ones that weren't. Because I think when we hear these stories, we forget, we shelve the idea that women, there are plenty of them, were totally okay with doing this. They signed up. They heard the deal from Ghislaine or whoever approached them. And they said, okay. I mean, I've heard, and I think I've even said, I mean, people have sex for free with worse people. Why not get paid? Right? But there's also the poor Swedish girl that a pilot reported that was crying on the tarmac, and he's, Epstein's hitting her with a shopping bag, telling her to get on the plane, and there's the girls that the housekeeper said were so drugged up because they wanted to go home and he wouldn't let them. You know, so while I want to applaud and welcome sex workers into our community, for lack of a better word, I hate the word sex worker, but I ain't got nothing else. If you're getting yours and you're okay with it, I've said on another podcast, I've never known a happy stripper. I've known happy escorts. I think it's very different. I've known very happy escorts, actually. They tend to reserve sex for the clients that they feel mutually wouldn't be so bad or it's worth a dollar. They tend more often to be their own boss. Um, The people I know that work in strip clubs feel pretty used and abused. They're on a stage and whoever comes in, comes in. Whether it's their PE teacher from high school, true story that I heard from someone, who wants to pay extra. Gives me the chills. I don't trust. I had great PE teachers. I had great PE teachers. I also, while working in schools, 
came across the one that was just just this side of pedophilia. Working in a middle school, these girls are 12 to 15. Made me real uncomfortable, some of the things he was saying. And it was all, you know, the ism jokes. He looked over his shoulder. But you know if he's saying it to you, he's testing the waters, and what they say in private is always a million times worse. I, fir- I served food at the Bohemian Grove. I was a food server. And they asked me if I wanted to work at the Bohemian Club in San Francisco. I'd like to apply. And I went home. I was 18 or 19, still living at home. And uh, told my dad, oh my God, I didn't even think about it. Oh my God, they offered me a job at the club in San Francisco. And he looks at me and he goes, you're not doing that. Now, is he being a chauvinist? I don't care. He's protecting his daughter. And I was stupid to not think about it this way. He goes, that's where they mine for prostitutes, honey. They're not hiring you because of your skill. Find a job where they want your skill. Now, some women, that may be their skill, their calling. I've talked to women that feel that way and are that way and live that way, and I'm supportive of that. It was not my calling, and I knew that. I was an artist and a writer, and my thought was that I'd get to meet all these people. You know? It's not all bad. It's why out of thousands of girls, there's maybe 20 that have come forward. I don't know how many have come forward and gone to police stations and been told to go home. Because that's very real and happens. I've known women that were raped and went to the police station and were told just to go home. We're not going to be able to do anything with this. Just go home. It's not worth it. It was a long time ago. I think it's different now. I haven't heard a story like that in a long time. I think, man, carrying these voice recorders in our pockets, these cameras has changed everything for police enforcement, hasn't it? I'm reading a Tom Robbins rereading for the thousandth time a Tom Robbins book right now. Um, he got famous for even Cowgirls Get the Blues, which is my least favorite of his books. Uh, but Uma Thurman did the movie. She's got the long thumbs, if you remember. But his book that I love is called uh, Fierce Invalids Home from Hot Climates. And in this book, he's a CIA agent and very funny. I can't remember where I was going with that. Sorry, I'm eating while I'm talking. It's so rude. I don't care. You don't care. If you care, this is the wrong podcast for you. I recently kicked a girl off my Instagram because she said everything I do annoy her, essentially. She was sending messages to me about how she thought I was different. I don't know who she thought I was. I probably shouldn't even talk about this and spend the time on it. But it really made me think, like, how much of her time she's devoting to being annoyed with me, to not liking what I'm doing. And I was once in a bar where this guy was just hammering me about some political thing. And I just finally turned to him. I said, why don't you go yell at your dad? That's who you're really mad at. And he turned bright red and left. I don't, I don't say that to people anymore because I do think I hit him a little too hard in that one. I don't know who he is. I can't check in with him about where that went. You're pulling my pants down. Excuse me. What are we doing? You want another piece of green leaves? I love this green leaves bread. It is so good. 
Probably not super great for any of us. Don't care right this moment. What was I going to say about Tom Robbins' book? Oh. It's good. You should read it. Fierce Invalids Home from Hot Climates. I think we should all be reading more. I can tell... You know what's weird is I can tell sometimes when people talk to me what kind of books they read or don't read just by, you know, the kind of language they use and the perspectives they hold. My life was really changed when I started, I decided, I guess this was part of the healing crisis. So it's, gosh, seven years ago now, I decided to start reading books I didn't agree with. I hated Republicans, the fucking passion. I used to wear a shirt that had George Bush on it and said, not my president during his presidency. That's actually the shirt that got that guy yelling at me. This little twerpy, twerpy guy. He got right in my face, but he was shorter than me. It was a very odd interaction. I can remember it very clearly. And he said, you wouldn't say that if it was Bill Clinton. And I hate Bill Clinton. I said, well, I was too young to be in a bar for Bill Clinton, but uh, I don't like Bill Clinton. I think his treatment of Monica Lewinsky was disgusting. I think he could have handled that a million ways, but saying I didn't have sexual relations with that woman was rude. He had told her a million ways that he loved her. I don't know if he used those words, but they were, they didn't have sex, but they were very intimate. They liked each other very much, it seemed like. Bought each other a lot of gifts. He was faking, using her. And then she got just railed in the media. Still does, oddly enough, because it's Bill. We like Bill. No, we don't. It's a terrible person. Read the accusations against Bill. They're horrific. I started posting about it on my Instagram story, and then I went, you know what? I don't want people to have to read these. Because he really physically hurts women. Especially women that say no to him. I don't like that. And maybe it's all not true, but when a bunch of women from different places in the world that don't know each other, their stories just now became public, they all had the same things to say. They all had similar, similar things in there. One of the connecting things, here you go, I got you, that they all said was, they all remember his... Secret Service or security, because some of these were from before he was president. Standing at the door and kind of smirking at them and laughing. I really hate that part. Multiple women talked about that. Again, these women that don't know each other. It's kind of like how I believe alien abductions, because people that have never read a single alien abduction and then have an experience and report them say the same freaking things. We assume, oh, but everybody's seen them on TV. No, actually, most people don't watch TV. It's a minority of people that are watching these programs that if you are plugged in, tuned in, and turned on by it, you're watching American Idol, and their ratings say that 11 million people watched. Keep in mind, there's 353 million in the U.S. alone. What does that make 11 million? Is that even 1% of people that watched? If there's a 10,000-person march, why do they ignore it? Because that's not that many. It's a minority. 
I don't like protests. They make me feel unsafe. I hate feeling unsafe in my body. I live in a town that got occupied during Occupy movement, and it got way out of control. Got very, very dangerous, and we've never quite recovered here. I hated it. I still don't go downtown for a lot of reasons. But one of them is that the Occupy camp turned violent and kind of a drug mecca. I had friends that were EMTs, and they talked about of all the places they've had to go get somebody out of, the Occupy camps were the absolute worst. It's like walking into a giant meth house that hated you, wanted you to come save their lives, called you if there was an emergency, weren't going to pay the bill, and that, you know, we can debate, but, you know, resources don't show up for free. Somebody has to do them. You have to live in a pretty cushy time and space to believe that everybody could not work and things would just appear, still keep going. We'd have to keep abusing other countries pretty poorly, which is what we did to feel that way, to make it seem like socialism could work, is we just took advantage of China and the Philippines and India and the fact that they still have slavery and forced labor and we got all our goodies and our stuff. And here's now Apple's opening a plant, has opened a plant in uh, Texas. They're going to open more. I think that's fantastic. I hope to see them paying living wages to all people everywhere. And I believe that your $12 an hour is a living wage. I believed your $10 was because I've lived on it. But... You might have to give up your $1,000 cell phone. And you might have to eat stuff you didn't really want to eat. And you might not get to participate in things, but you pay your dues and you move up. Because things don't appear for free. Somebody else is busting their ass if you're not. Somebody's got to do it. Earth doesn't owe you anything. It gives up what's earned what's taken care of. Other people are very sensitive on a conscious and subconscious level to your output, your thought, your needs. Ask and you shall receive works in many ways. There's people who are looking to give and they get this little subconscious or conscious ping depending on whether they consider themselves psychic and acknowledge it. But even what they give you costs them something. It doesn't come out of nowhere. The bike you want, the phone you want, the Tesla whose battery is killing whole other nations. Just the battery I'm holding my hand to record this thing. Not only is it radiating me all the way up my arm into my heart, every cell of my body is being cooked by this thing. Nothing comes for free. We found that carnelian and many other stones will absorb these harmful EMFs, electromagnetic forces, and they'll take them up for you. I don't know what it costs them. I don't know where it goes. I don't know if they break it down and release it as not harmful energy. I don't know if they just store it. I don't know if we stop pumping oil if more volcanoes will explode. 
Well, we have more earthquakes because of pressure. Because oil keeps being created by the earth. We can't run out of oil. That doesn't happen. We're not overpopulated. There's huge open areas. I recently posted about Hans Hensorg Weiss, who is the real-life version of the Venom bad guy. He does human testing. He's a control freak. Multi-multi-billionaire. He's the largest contributor to the Hillary Clinton Foundation. And her campaign and all everything she does, he owns her. He makes George Soros look like a freaking pussycat. And one of the things he does is buys up all the land in the middle of the country and gives it to political groups in the government. As long as he can still have say in what happens on it. So what he's doing is making it so that you cannot live on your own and sustain yourself. He's cramming you into cities where you're easily controlled and you feel desperate, where you're stressed out and radiated. He doesn't like this homestead movement. He was behind the Affordable Care Act that required you to check in with a PhD doctor. The PhD doctors are also the leading cause of death. They say third leading, but the first two are caused by them. It's heart disease and cancer. Most, most of the things that you're prescribed or injected with have cancer as a side effect. And it's hard to say no to these things because then you don't fit in. My dogs are playing in the background. You don't fit in with the, the people who just want to keep their head in the sand. You don't get to play and watch TV carefree. Life becomes a little more stressful at first. You go through a healing crisis when you start channeling love energy. You start doing Reiki. This healing crisis is you purging and realigning. It's you identifying the things in your life that don't match with that energy. That aren't part of the, the love fest that you want your life to be. The darkness gets revealed very quickly as soon as you shine light on it. And when I talk about these things, I want to point out something. I hear people say all the time that they get overwhelmed when they find out that pedophiles rule the world. I want to say, no, they fucking don't. They ruled the world, they wouldn't have to hide. There are times in history where they didn't. There are Egyptian pharaohs and Roman emperors that paraded the children they fucked quite openly. But we have stood up and said no. We've created ideals and morals. We call them inalienable rights, but people take them away all the time. We have to stand up for them. We have to demand them. And sometimes they cost lives. There's very real evil in the world. I had this hit me like a ton of bricks the other day. I was reading about Jesus. I got this book that said, it's called Only Jesus or something like that. It's only the parts of the Bible where they're quoting him. And I personally believe the Bible was written by humans because that's what we have evidence of. 
And it was written by a lot of them, and I believe humans are fallible, and they have different motives. And I believe that the Bible is some accounts that some people wrote. And I believe that Jesus had a message that's echoed through a lot of people that I respect and follow. <clears throat> but his has been marketed the most and the best. And there's sects of Christianity that agree with me and ones that would like to see it say off with her head. <laughs> I personally am, am Roman Catholic and I have a belief that rather than abandoning these giant systems, we sh- as good people, we should be infiltrating them and shining a light on the places where they've been taken advantage of and led astray. Hey, girls. Hold on, I gotta yell at my dogs. Mocha and Holly, I gotta go outside to play like that. Can't play like that in the house. Good girls, you okay? Just can't play like that in the house, it's too rough. Good girls. So what do we do? Well, I was part of the 90s growing up and I entered high school in the 90s and watched it turn to 2000 and we went from tear it all down to everything's fine, it's fine, and then 9-11 happened and it was not fine. We had a national healing crisis. We watched George W. Bush while reading to children be told that the towers were falling. It didn't hit me till last year that wait, why didn't they call him out of the room? I hadn't learned a lot about his connection to kind of what we call MKUltra, the Illuminati brainwashing that happens. It's well documented. They're not even particularly secretive about it. They don't deny it. You see Hillary Clinton never asked about it. She just starts laughing like a maniac, which is bizarre. If I was ever accused of assaulting and dismembering children, I would be highly offended and welcome an investigation. Because I know it's not true. I wouldn't laugh about that. Take it very seriously because it's real. So part of our national healing crisis was to try to rid the world of terrorism. Here's George W. Bush with a stunned look on his face. You can see his hypnosis set in. He just keeps reading a children's book. This is an odd reaction. He's, he's what I call a scapegoat. <laughs> I believe a lot of people do. I don't think he's a mastermind by any means. David Icke just the other day watched this David Icke thing. I, I haven't really paid too much attention to his work, but he talked about him being... A puppet. He's not anywhere near the top, and you can tell. And now he paints and stays out of the public eye. And what I noticed about Jesus the other day was that he never kills any demons or sends them particularly far away. He just rids the one person or the situation of evil. It's as if they're part and parcel of what's going on here this evil force. And I've been known to quote Princess Bride pretty heavily. And one of the lines is, life is pain, princess. Anybody who tells you differently is selling something. 
if you watch the Kaminsky Method, which is a new show, newest show on Netflix, he talks a lot about how life is pain. And when I read near-death experiences, people put it quite well that after you leave here, the pain is gone. People come here for the pain. It's a little bit of a giant round BDSM club, isn't it? A universal experience of pressure. I've now given birth once in a hospital and once at home. The hospital I had all the, the full works. Every drug they could offer, I trusted them. They pumped us full of them. I don't remember any sensation besides when I tried to get up to pee afterwards and I fell. And it was awful. I couldn't get back up. It was really scary. When I gave birth at home, I remember all of it. (laughs) And my tailbone broke when I was giving birth and it was fine. I don't know. You kind of go to another place. It's not... I hate the way it gets depicted on TV because they always depict it in a way that supports you should be on pain meds now. Friends is the worst. That show, their depiction of birth is just ridiculous. Hi, Boober. But where do the demons go? Where does the bad stuff go? Can we rid the shadow self or do we just make it less powerful by shining light on it? In our healing crisis. And our realization that life sucks. And then you die. And then it's okay again. I don't believe in criminalizing suicide. I think that's silly. I think it's horrendous that the families don't get life insurance if somebody kills themselves. That health insurance will fight them on it. Hi, baby. And I think it's neat to live in this time right now where I can protect myself and my family by carrying around a little radiation machine that makes videos, records audio, and I can share what I have to say without our government coming to my door about it. I mean, maybe they will someday. Things will change and What I've said is dangerous in some way to them. Disrupts their power and their hold. But for right now, my freedom of speech is very well protected. And women's rights haven't gotten narrower under Trump. They've gotten broader. I think it's interesting. Hi, my love. What do you want? Those are eggs. You want me to make eggs? You want that little piece of bread? He's going to steal my last piece of bread. It's not my last. I have a whole bunch. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know, man. It all starts to feel a little backwards, silly, and upside down. But I think our true power is in realizing that we do influence each other. Maybe the earth cycles don't always listen. Maybe maybe each other, are da- we're, we're all dangerous. My dad used to say the only monsters here are human. It scared me as a child. <laughs> but I get it now. I get it now. The only monsters here are human. That's some wisdom right there. 
And if you're going through a healing crisis, if you did something good in your life where you learned a new method of divination, meaning that you connected with the pattern of all things and right, starting to see all these things come out and the world's looking worse than it did before you started healing, know that that's normal and you're not alone. Know that what you're going through is what anybody healing goes through. In the story of Jesus, he spent a lot of time in that desert with demons tempting him to do things that he didn't need to do. I think that we all kind of have our time in the desert. Not kind of, we definitely do. Whether our desert is a shitty relationship or a series of them or the time when we stop respecting ourselves or others. Maybe we stop taking care of ourselves the way we know we should. I know for a long time it got hard for me to even want to take care of myself when I was realizing all the things I did and their true impact that pretending that it was okay and justifying things doesn't actually make them okay. That it just makes you feel that way temporarily. That there do seem to be a mathematical set of rules that if you do A plus B, then C will happen. That your emotional reactions were optional. That you could have just not had that fight or that conflict. There was a lot of, for me, realizing that so much of pain is inflicted for entertainment. Whether it's, you know, the really obvious kind of boxing, which I actually don't have an issue with. People agreeing to fight is fine with me. It's when they don't agree to fight that I have an issue. I watch people really abuse each other. I called it abuse on Instagram and this girl's coming at me and she, she said, don't play the victim. I said, abuse is when you're trying to harm somebody actively either psychologically or physically, and that's what you've been doing here. Calling me names and taking aim at me and people like me. Ain't nobody like me. We might be similar, but there's nobody like you either. We kind of lean on people's assumptions about us to protect ourselves, and that's okay. I think that's fine. Being somebody that really believes in equal rights and freedom of speech has made it difficult in this social political climate because I watched them disappear under Obama and then be restored under Trump and saying that makes people angry because Trump's so rich he's so rich yeah okay I really don't give any shits. I don't care if he has a dollar or 14 billion dollars. All of that could change in a moment. What I give a shit about is that I'm no longer being told that I have to pay a tax for not going to see a PhD. That even though I was healthy and not a drain on the system or whatever they accused anybody that didn't have insurance of being, even though I paid out of pocket for my care, for my birth professionals, that my kids were healthy and taken care of, and we were nutritionally sound. I was asked to pay hundreds of dollars a year as a penalty for, for not going in and having all my information put into the Kaiser computer system.
They're criminals. They're taking your body on, uh, and they're doing whatever they want with it. It's not informed consent because you're not informed. Your doctor isn't informed. They don't know. Very few doctors know. They don't have time. Their time is eaten up from the minute they start med school. And they are absolutely psychologically abused if they even question it a little bit. And a lot of them are strong and more and more are standing up. It won't last forever. Pedophiles don't rule the world. They want people to think that they do because that's what makes them scary. Don't be afraid to Google things. Google wants nothing more than your money. They will change everything they do if they stop getting it. Facebook wants nothing more than your money. They are changing everything they do to keep getting it. That goes for Pepsi-Cola. goes for everybody. Because on a personal level, they may have different interests. But on a collective level, they are profit-money-making machines. And currency is important. If I need eggs, but I only have horses to trade, I want to find somebody that needs a horse, and then go find somebody with what I get back to trade them for the eggs. I don't want to have whatever the egg person needs just to get eggs. We need a go-between. We need a medium. We need currency. But we need honest currency. We need honest people. Don't stop breeding. We're not overpopulated with good people. And fertility levels have dropped significantly. On purpose, it's manufactured. Read Margaret Sanger's work. It's horrifying. She started Planned Parenthood. and She was one of the most disgusting, sad human beings I've ever had the misfortune of reading their work. But I'm so glad I did. Because it's just... It's really eye-opening. She started Planned Parenthood and then taught the Chinese how to do forced abortion. And there's books on that that are, will scar you for life. They're hiding what happens to people that get abortions, both the men and the women. The heartbreak and depression it causes, the substance abuse, the suicides. It's all hidden. They tell you you might have some emotional roller coaster afterwards. <laughs> it's for the rest of your life and it's significant. And your body goes through so much because of that hormone disruption alone. And that's just if you're brain dead. But you have thoughts. And thoughts will wreck us, man. If you don't start seeing them as a river going by and as, you know, optional to grab at. You know, like the little frogger logs. Let the thoughts go by like that. Grab them when you can, but... Know that there's some logs that if you grab onto them, they're going to sink you. You're not ready for that ride. And you know which ones they are. Because you start grabbing on, you can feel it rip away the skin on your hands. Take care of yourself. Nobody will do it for you. You'll never have a friend good enough that is there for everything and stays there for life. If you're young, you may think that. I don't know anybody that hasn't had a dry spell in their friendships. A time where they could only count on themselves. And being prepared for that is just beyond valuable. That's what your healing crisis does for you. And it teaches you how to say to somebody, I can't be here for you in this. 
and not feel bad because the reality is most people, they want to vent, but what they really want is somebody just to agree with them. And so we find ourselves lying to agree with somebody or whatever, and then we avoid them because we don't want to have to do it again and ultimately really damages ourselves and our relationship and our self-esteem. It's all complicated and simple at the same time. But doing Reiki or tarot or any sort of work where you shine light on things will reveal things you weren't ready or didn't know would be revealed. And in a time and place where we're slowly waking up to the idea and the reality that making things and productivity, we don't need houses full of electronics and plastic things that's killing us. We've never had more stuff and felt more poor. You know, I had a grandma that used to tell me that she got an orange and a nickel for Christmas. She's content with so much less than we are now. Now it feels like I'm drowning in things, but I just don't have the stuff that I want. Primarily time. Or knowing. I don't have the skills that I, I want. I don't. I have to sit on YouTube for hours to figure out how to sew something or, you know, this basic stuff that you used to have your whole family would know. My Instagram name is Firekeeper Faye, F-A-E. Firekeeper is a role that was in all peoples when they were tribal. It was the person, usually female, who was the homestead keeper. A f- unwatched fire is the death of everyone. It's burnt food. It's... It's freezing to death or burning, losing everything. All roles are important, but they all hinge on that one. And in our effort to be as important as men, I think that we've lost our own roles in a lot of ways. And there were men firekeepers, don't get me wrong. There's always been men and women that go into other roles. This whole thing of defying gender roles to the point of surgeries is heartbreaking because your biology isn't wrong unless your nutrition is poor and you're full of toxicity otherwise it's just what you are really and you're only that for such a short time it's so temporary and your opinions on it will change so much over your lifetime if you're young just know you won't feel this way forever you probably won't even feel this way very much longer really You can have one person say something that completely changes your outlook on life. We've all had it happen a million times. If you're older, I'm almost 40. I'm not even that old. By average health standards, I have to do this all over again. That blows my mind. Don't make irreversible changes in your body when you're not even halfway through your lifetime. Because you don't know what you're going to feel like later. I was young in the big era of of transplants, lots of boobs getting done, and now they're popping and they're old and they're, oh, they're causing cancer and all sorts of problems, and that's just breast implants. We didn't have long-term studies on any of this. Most of the stuff we're being pumped full of, we have no long-term, no way to know long-term what it'll do to people. But we're so impatient and so full of want and 
so empty of purpose that desperate to do anything. A bunch of caged lions looking for something to entertain themselves. It feels dark, doesn't it? But there's hope. I don't think we've lived in a time before ever when we could share hope and stories and relate this way. And I hope that you will too. Contact Open Lines Radio. Get your voice out there. Disagree with me. Agree. Read your poetry. Read your writing. Play whatever music you play. Let us hear what you're doing. Because the quickest way to lose all these rights is to be afraid to use them. And to believe you don't need to stand up for them and utilize them. So speak. Let's hear it. All right. Have a nice day, everybody. Evening, wherever you are. This is Angie on Between Blue Worlds on Open Lines Radio.